The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the great, the talented, the lovely, the vivacious, the amazing Michelle Yu. Thank how you, Billy. How was that one? Thank you. That was a great open. Was, vi- was vivacious too much? No, I love vivacious. Vivacious is a great word for you, I think, because that's you. You have (laughs) an amazing personality. Everyone loves you, and you. But you, you, you're no holds barred. Like you just tell it like it is, you know. And and you're not afraid to put yourself out there. You know what I mean? I definitely have an opinion. Yeah. Whether it be for bad or good. Better or worse. Better or worse, yeah. Richer. My grammar or for worse. (laughs) It's okay. Um. Kind of a fun day today. We're going to have Gabby Godet join us uh, from Keeneland. And uh, we're kind of focusing on the Keeneland sale, which is happening right now. It's day two of book one. And uh, Michelle, I just left the sales grounds myself. It is uh, just uh, (laughs) strong. I can only imagine. I mean, I've been watching the fireworks from here, obviously. Um, And I feel like it's just... When the first hip goes to the ring at $850,000, you're like, oh, get tied on, mm-hmm. my friends. Get yep. tied on. Well, it's funny. We had a horse we liked. We, you know, we had a couple in book one that we thought maybe we could, you know, we have a shot. We actually bought one. You did? Yeah, we bought a, um, a Kitten's Joy filly yesterday, and it's really exciting. She's beautiful and uh, just really excited about her. But, um, we had one today and someone opened the bidding at 400 <laughs> and we were like, okay, walked away, went home. <laughs> but you know, what's cool. I took my mom today to the sales grounds for the first time. She had never, never been there before. Really? And yeah, she had Michelle. I think really she had the time of her life. Um, she was looking at all the pedigrees and then we'd go by the barns and she'd look up and she'd go, uncle Mo. And then she'd say, oh, tap it. You know, it was like, it was funny because when we walked in, you know, we, I talk a lot about perspective and, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I, or people that have been in the industry for a long time, we go in there, our heads down, we're concentrating, focus, finding horses, finding in our budget, going to get outbid, frustration, buying a horse, excitement. And we don't really stop to smell the roses, so to speak. We don't look around like, and my mom was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And look at these beautiful animals. And, and like every time we'd bring one out, she'd be like, can I touch that one? And I'd be like, yeah, just go ahead. And she'd walk up and like pet her on the nose. And it was just, she had so much fun. It made me like realize that how special. By the way, that's how I am when I'm at the sales. <laughs> Ryan's like looking at their legs and I'm like, can I kiss those nose? Yeah, right. Exactly. But it made me realize just how special not only Keeneland is, which is spectacular, but also just our game because these horses are everything to us. And we talk about aftercare. We talk about, you know, doing our races and, and beach boss. And sometimes 
you know, I think we lose a little, little sight of that. And uh, so it was a really, really great day taking my mom out to Keeneland. And uh, the Keeneland people are so nice. Everybody out there is so gracious. We had a great lunch. And um, it was just a, a wonderful day. Very nice. Um, I know we're going to get to three things of note. And that's probably, I can imagine that the Keeneland sale might be one of them. Uh, yes, that is that is going to be thing of note numero uno is that the <laughs> Keeneland sales are underway. Um, obviously, they got into full swing yesterday and they will continue on um, all the way through Friday, September 23rd. There is a dark day this Friday, the 16th, um, but they have been selling like absolute hotcakes. Um, yeah. I mean, big, big money going through here for for book one. <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting, and we're going to talk to Gabby Goddard a little bit about it and find out a little bit what's going on, what are the trends, horses to watch, stuff like that. I think it'll be an interesting thing for uh, Gabby to come on and shed some light on what actually goes on during this sale. Michelle and I will get into that a little bit with her just coming up after these next two uh, things of note. All right. Uh, so the second thing of note is actually going to be the retirement of Mandaloon, grade oh. one winner. He technically won the Kentucky Derby um, with the disqualification of Medina Spirit. He also did win the Haskell via disqualification as well. Um, so he is going to be retired to stand at Judmont Farms in Lexington. He will be standing for, I believe it was $25,000 if I saw So that other right. than breaking his maiden, did Mandaloon yeah, ever actually won a, win a race? He won a stake at Louisiana going to right. Milo's 16th. Right. Okay. Interesting. As a as a breeder, how do you view Mandaloon? Like that's an interesting one, you know. No, because see, did he really win the Derby? Did he really win the Haskell? No, did he, you know. No. <laughs> I mean, he won the Risen Star, he won the Louisiana, and he won the Pegasus Stakes. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I have great respect for uh, Judmont. They're, I mean, I don't even have to say it, right? I mean, they're amazing, but. This is an interesting one. I wonder how, how well he'll be supported. Obviously, now, they will support opinion. him. But I yeah. heard he was retired, and I saw he was standing for 25000 I thought they should maybe just stand him for like 7500 and see what they could get. Well, with those first-year sires, they, I think, and I think they will – they'll support him. So I don't think yeah. – and I don't think they're doing it necessarily for them. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a breeder and I don't know I, know. I shouldn't even answer I know that you question, probably don't so. want to like undersell your horse. I was just trying right. to think like you know right. if, like if there is that something like on the fence like did he really win those or was he maybe not that tier like maybe being like a little more inexpensive might bring some more people over like oh let's just give him a try because he's yeah, less maybe. right? Yeah, I understand. Maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they wanted to limit how many horses he goes to uh, yeah. how many mares he goes like, to. Forget you people. Forget you. <laughs> Um, okay. What kind and of then, accent was that, by the way? Was like, that like a New York? Mean Jersey accent? It was a Jersey? Hey, forget I mean, yeah, you people. I don't know. Something like that. All right. It was I something it was, like that. They had a little Boston in it. Pack the car. <laughs> Chow- <laughs> Did you just snort? Chowda, yeah. All right. Moving uh, okay. on. And then our third thing of note was just that we wrapped up the summer. Um, while Flightline did steal the show, I felt like for the entire Del Mar meet, we did have some record handle days. We certainly had an unbelievably safe meet. I thought it was a very good meet. We had big full fields, especially Absolutely. for California. And we did close it off. I know Billy wants to talk about Comanche country, but the Woo! race certainly went 
uh, in the the run, the grade one Delmar Futurity brought to you by Run Happy, which went to Cave Rock, who um, oh, he was awesome. advertised on debut. Oh, he was Cave Rock, not on debut. Well, he well, on yeah, debut, he, he went crushed. On debut and was cry and crushed, and he came right back. He was Backed awesome. That was one of the most impressive. I know he probably did, he didn't get the same number as the other uh, Maiden Baffert that broke the track record over the oh, weekend. Speedboat Betty or whatever. It's Speedboat is. something. Um, but man, Cave Rock, he just he. I mean, huh? I don't know what to say about him. Crazy, right? Um, yeah. Uh, congratulations to Juan Hernandez who took the the uh, riding title. Congratulations to Philip D'Amato and Bob Baffert for their uh, co-training titles and. What a meet for Pegram, Watson, and Whiteman, the three amigos. Yeah. Um, nine for 26, 73% in the money. Wow. Earnings of 849000 They had so many two-year-old winners, and, and you know the Philly just lost the debutante by, by a whisker, mm-hmm. um, or they would have had the debutante futurity sweep. What a just incredible meet for them. Uh, they're good people, and congratulations. Costa Hironis, I'm sorry, not Costa Hironis, Hironis Racing. That also includes Brother Pete and Stephanie, or Steph, Steph. if you listen to our podcast. Uh, six wins for them, and uh, Redham Racing, Red Baron, Tommy Town with five. Little Red Feather, who doesn't get credit, we actually had seven wins. Good job. Yeah, nice. we had a huge meet, uh, capped yeah, off did. by Comanche Country, who won the Del Mar Juvenile Phillies Turf. And now we'll run, I think, in the Surfer Girl. And if she runs kind of, you know, top two there, uh, there may be a Breeders' Cup in store for her, which is really exciting. exciting. Yeah, really exciting. So kudos to um, all the Little Red Feather partners out there. Really, obviously, appreciate you guys. And what a, what a great Del Mar and a fun summer. <sighs> Anything else, Michelle? Uh, nope, that was just our, that was our three things of note. We're all wrapped up, Billy. Unbelievable. Let's, um, let's get Gabby on. We'll take a break. And then we'll get Gabby on, and we'll find out about all about Keeneland. We'll call this segment All About Keeneland with Gabby right after this. The Owner's Box today is brought to you in part by Keeneland Sales. The Keeneland September Yearling Sale, globally recognized as the world's most important yearling sale, takes place Monday, September 12th to Saturday, September 24th. Keeneland September is the place to source your future racing star as it produces more graded stakes winners than all other North American sales companies combined. Notable graduates of the September sale include Epicenter, Malathot, Nest, Life is Good, Jackie's Warrior, Olympiad, Forte, and more. Visit theworldyearlingsale.com to learn more and to view the catalog. All right, a uh, very, very special guest today. Uh, one of obviously my mom's favorite uh, TV personalities, and that is Me? Gabby Godet. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gabby. And she said V. I think I made it to number one today. I, it was amazing, Michelle. So we were just talking, Gabby, before you came on, and, and I was telling Michelle that I brought my mom. I forgot to tell you this, Michelle. So we walk in, and we see Gabby, and I introduce her, and my mom like gives her the biggest hug. She's like, I love you on TV. I just Aww. I love you. And we got a picture together. It was very cute. That's sweet. She's my favorite person now. <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> my mom had such a blast today, Gabby. And we're going to talk about um, the Keeneland sales in in a minute. Uh, but before we do, just th- there may be some people who who haven't seen you on FanDuel TV or don't really know who you are. But you're you've been your family's very involved. You're you're married to a trainer. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and how how you ended up in this crazy world of horse racing. Yeah, so my dad was a longtime horse trainer. He actually started his career off by being a jockey, I think, before it was even legal to be a jockey. I think he might have been like 14 years old. Really? And he was riding. Yeah, he, he used to ride in like the Massachusetts 
bear circuits. And then he had a really bad accident and he couldn't make weight after uh, he healed from that accident. So he started to pursue a training career and that went on for decades after decades. And um, eventually he met my mom and she was his wingman throughout it all. And um, I guess his last year of training, he actually had a Preakness starter, which was really exciting for our family. Um, and then he went on Who was to that? Wait, retire. Wait, wait, which horse? Concealed Identity. He won the Tessio, which is like the local prep sure. in Maryland for the Preakness. And that was just a really exciting thing because he had already decided that he was going to retire. And we had Concealed Identity the last year of his training career. Um, wow. And, then and, and were you, retired, you were a little kid? Um, I was actually in... I guess I was in college, freshman year of college, I think, because I galloped the horse. <laughs> oh, no way. Yes, I galloped the horse, and um, I would get on a couple of horses in the morning and then commute to Towson University right outside of Baltimore. And there was one day that he popped me in the face. I was jogging back home on him, <laughs> oh my God. and he broke my my eye bone. Oh, no. And like your socket? Like orbital. Yeah, orbital bone yeah he broke the orbital bone and yeah it was just this whole big thing and i <laughs> anyway we're no, that's off a, on a tangent yet no that's incredible uh, so but you so you grew up though going to the track and going to the barn and you are a true you know horse horseman oh yeah i definitely grew up going to the barn my mom and dad obviously trained horses um i have two aunts that were jockeys. My cousin is a farrier in Maryland as well. So horse racing wow. is very much just in our blood. A lot of members of my family are in it. Who's Lacey? Um, and obviously Lacey's my sister. sister. That's your sister. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we need and like a she... Godette family tree. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so your sister went into training, but you and you went to college and was there, did you think about going into training or how did that How'd that work? No. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no. no. Absolutely not. I actually, it's funny because everyone assumes that I was a diehard horse racing person from the get go, but um, I was really into school. I played soccer um, and I thought I was going to take a completely different path. And then I found out, like I went to Saratoga one summer and I worked for the Saratoga special with the Clancy's and that changed the whole trajectory of my life because I found the media side of the industry and I fell in love with it. Um, and I just thought that I either had to be a jockey an exercise rider or a trainer, and I didn't want to do any of those things. And, um, I found this whole other world within this industry and that really changed things for me. That's pretty amazing. And you went from from doing that. When did you start your TV career? Because obviously, other than my mom, I know you have a lot of fans out there. I think you're excellent on air, by the way. Um, when did that that did that? But that wasn't that long ago. So I, I actually went. I, I started doing on air work before I graduated from college, and that was I started in the spring, and I was taking final exams at the same time at. Uh, Towson University and then I started working on air at Pimlico during you know right around Preakness time Mm. and it was I can just remember that time in my life being insane because I was going to school I was interning or I had a job really um, at the Maryland Jockey Club doing on air work and I was still interning in DC Mm. so I was working 
doing things seven days a week. And um, it was crazy. But that was when I started. And then one thing led to another. I got the opportunity to go to Arlington for one summer. And then I went to Florida for one summer. And then I went, or sorry, a winter, a couple of winters, and then New York, and then just kind of everything fell into place. And I found my way to TVG. Hey, don't forget that you came and sat with us for a while. Yeah, I went oh. out to HRTV. Nice. That So when HR, I think, Michelle, I think HRTV, I must have gone out there this summer after I started. So I was probably yeah. Super two green. months, three months into it. I was so green. Like, I can't go back and watch those videos. What What? Yeah. What do you think? You talk that's about, talk about learning. That's time to shape Gabby into the broadcaster that she is today. Well, that's but... what I was going to ask. Like, what, Gabby, who, give us some of your people who you kind of looked up to or influenced you or taught you some, some uh, obviously, you're much better now than you were then, admittedly. You said it. I didn't. Uh, but tell us, tell us what changed. Well, definitely Michelle helped me on my craft, but also um, how to avoid split ends. I'll never forget. <laughs> we were getting ready in a room for before the Breeders' Cup show, and she's like, you flat iron your hair. <laughs> she might not even remember this story, but I was like doing my hair, and she's like... <laughs> Girl, you're going to have split ends if you keep flat eyeing your hair like that. Um, so my appearance, I have to thank Michelle for that. Amazing. Um, but on top of that, you know, Kayton, when I first started, Kayton Bradar, she really gave me a lot of helpful tips. And um, I really have Cl the Clancy's to thank, Sean and Joe Clancy, because I, I definitely, they taught me how to interview people and print. And then I could apply that, obviously, to television. Scott Hazelton, as much as I we have a love hate relationship, he has um, he has taught me a lot about trying to be more succinct <laughs> and just get get the words out. Uh, we've had a lot of arguments over that, so I don't. It's hard to just single out a couple of people because it, it's definitely throughout the stages of your career and your life, there are people that give you chances, and that changes the trajectory of your career. And also people that help you along the way. And there's just been so many people, honestly. Like, I know mm -hmm. that's kind of a cookie-cutter answer, but um, I've been really... Um, I've been really lucky to have met some of the people that I have along the way. Yeah. Gabby Gaudet joining us here on the owner's box. Has it um, changed your perspective? You are married to a trainer, Norm Cassie. You have a, the most beautiful, cutest, I just want to bite him little boy. Um, and, uh, but has it changed your perspective? Cause you, you were all, always around your dad probably when he was training. Now your, your sister trains, but now you're married to a, a trainer has that changed your perspective when you're when you're doing these interviews or when you're talking to other trainers? It definitely has changed my perspective and I think when I when my dad was training, yes, I was old enough to for it to like register and his style and everything, but it is very different to be aware of the relationships and that you have to maintain and the management. I mean, you're managing a business, so the financial side of things too. I think um, has been eye-opening for me. Um, and then also the transition for him. Like when we started dating, he was an assistant for his dad and that came with a certain amount of pressures. And then when he went out on his own, 
it was completely different. You know, he couldn't say he couldn't fall back on his dad or he didn't, you know, it stops. The road stops with him. All of the responsibilities um, are with him, um, fall on him, excuse me. So, yeah, it it definitely has changed my perspective, my appreciation of trainers and, and what they do day in and day out. Well, we brought you on today. Obviously, this is in, all interesting stuff finding out about you. This is news to me. Uh, but we want to talk about the Keeneland sale. You're there. I saw you today. Um, tell us a little bit about, first of all, how it's going. Michelle and I were talking that it seemed very strong, but you're there kind of following along. What's going on over there? Obviously, uh, uh, it, it looked powerful. It's people are very, very happy. I think very pleased with how the market's going. And we're just a couple years outside of the pandemic. And, you know, there was a time where we didn't know what was going to happen with the sale, how to accommodate customers internationally, especially even domestically. I mean, it was just how to keep everybody safe and still able to come out here and look at horses. And it has just, I think people are excited for it to be back to some sort of some sense of normalcy here and you can really see that reflected in the market um we had we had seven horses sell for i think seven horses sell for um for seven figures and that's the most in session one book one since 2007 Mm. and the very the crazy thing about it too is that hip one the first horse to go through the ring sold for $850,000. And that was the first time that a horse sold at the Keeneland September sale, hip one, that high since they started keeping digital records, which was back in 1999. So, you know, you start, they started things off really strong and it has gone through today. So far, we've had nine, seven figure horses sell in session two. So as big as day one was, it's continuing on to session two. And what I, there are a lot of Colts, a lot of partnerships buying, you know, the potential, the next Kentucky Derby winner. But I think it's also really nice to see a lot of Phillies going through the ring. Um, and that's just kind of showing you that people are investing in generations to come. Yeah, that's a great point. Michelle. Gabby, why do you think that Keeneland has become such the predominant sales company i mean certainly you get good horses there but i feel like there might be more than just that aspect of it i think it's just people know that this is the sale to sell your yearlings and you get clients that come from all over the world especially true this year uh michelle you know like you think about it, they're hosting the Breeders' Cup. So I think the racing portion of Keeneland really works so nicely with the sales side of Keeneland. And they utilize both both of the, the yin and the yang, so to speak. Um, you, so we have, you know, we're hosting a lot of clients from um, different countries for the Breeders' Cup. They're here for the sale. And I also think it's just reputation and the fact that they listen to both their buyers and their consigners so that they, you're not going to make everybody happy at the end of the day. It's absolutely impossible, especially when you have a sale where you're selling over 4,000 yearlings and you have so many moving parts, so many moving people. Um, but they really have listened to their customers. And a perfect example of that, I talked to Tony Lacey, who's the VP of sales here recently, and he said that they decided to keep the same format. There were There's a span of a couple of years where they kept changing the format 
And I think they just tried to figure out what was working best for everybody. But at the end of the day, they wanted to keep the same format this year, push back the start time for book one to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. So you had buyers mm-hmm. go back at the barns, look at their horses. And I, I really think that that made a huge difference this year. Gabby, also, we uh, certainly talk about new owners on this show an awful lot, as much as we love our experienced owners. Looking at the sheer volume of horse numbers that are sold through the Keeneland sales, have you seen any fresh faces this year yet? I definitely have seen fresh faces. I've seen people coming back and investing in different types of horses. I've seen people come back and kind of change their strategy. I mean, one horse in particular, the sales topper, right? Um, sold, sold for 2.5 million, a son of quality road. It was Terry Finley, Windstar with Tala racing Woodford. It was that whole partnership yep. that I think went for the sales topper last year as well. And I talked to Terry the other day and yesterday, and he said, no, we're, yes, we are looking for that kentucky derby winner but we're also looking for the kentucky oaks winner so i think they've kind of started to diversify in terms of what they're really shopping for at the end of the day but um yeah you i think too michelle we've seen some new faces come in and try to steal some horses that might have gone for you know in the 500 400 range and i do think you know book one you get the coolmores you get um you know, you get Winchell, you get Mandy Pope with Whisper Hill, you get those mm-hmm. book one owners that are very active at this time. And then I'll tell you what, I saw a lot of new faces when I was back at the barns today for book two. So I'm really excited to see what book two and what book three brings. I think that's the beautiful thing about the Keeneland sale is there's so many horses sold that you can come at it from, you know, any which angle. I was just going to say that. And and Gabby, this is interesting because we want to make it clear that although we're talking about seven-figure horses and how great the sale is and how strong it is, the sale goes for two weeks. There are horses for everyone. And it just explain how it works with, with the books. Book one, two, three, four, five, six. It's interesting. My mom asked me today. She said, well, how, how do different horses get in what book? And I said, that's a perfect question for Gabby Gaudet. Go. Yeah, so they have yearling inspections. And I don't, I can't recall what time of year that actually begins. A couple months ago, they go to these different farms and they have a team dedicated to inspecting the yearlings. And then they get with another team, the, you know, director of sales, Cormac Brannick. Um, and Tony Lacey, it's a whole big team of people. I mean, I can't even begin to start naming everybody who's involved. And then they kind of start thinking, okay, these are the elite pedigrees. These are the elite athletes. You know, the physical matches the page. These go in book one. Those are going to be your highest price yearlings. And then book one covers the course of two days. So book one is Monday and Tuesday. It starts at 1 p.m. Book two We'll start the subsequent two days, um, Wednesday and Thursday, and then there's a dark day on Friday. So you get those, like I mentioned, the, the people with that are looking to looking and able to spend, you know, a lot of money for the 
first two books, and then it gives the opportunity for kind of the next phase of buyers to come in after that dark day on Friday. And then obviously the subsequent books go on from there. And it's an earlier start time because we generally sell more horses during those days. So it's 11 a.m. start time during the subsequent books. And and just to be clear, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just because you don't buy a book, uh, a horse in book one or book two or even book three, it, it doesn't mean that horse can't turn into a superstar. I can't, I wish I had this off the top of my head, but I can't, but listen, there are horses that will at the end of, of at the end of the day and the end of the sale, there are horses that are going to sell for 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 that are going to become graded stakes winners. It just happens. 100%. The horse that Forte, that won the hopeful this year, for, perfect example, hold, sold for $110,000 as a yearling here. Yep. Um, which is affordable. I can't remember what book he sold out of, but Olympiad, I think, was a little we bit bought, higher. We bought Weston for 7000 out of the Keeneland Yearling Sale and won the best pal last Bingo. There you go. I mean, Bingo. that's a perfect example. And that's, again, why I think Keeneland is so popular is because you can come in with, you know, 50,000 or 80,000 or 100,000 or 200,000, like whatever it might be, whatever your budget is, and you can find a grade one winner. You can make money. You can have fun with these yearlings that you find here, no matter what your budget is. Gabby, you talked about management, and there was a change in management either a year or two ago, and Shannon Arvin came along. I'm a huge Shannon Arvin fan. Talk a little bit about what Shannon's done at Keeneland. The thing about Shannon. I think there were a lot of people uh, wondering what she would do when she, um, you know, became president of Keeneland and what kind of changes she has, she has made. She took her time and going to each department and getting to know every single person that worked in each department. And then also, you know, the clients and the owners that come here to Keeneland and just making sure that everybody I've never how do I put this into words? I have talked to so many people and people have approached me about Shannon and every person is so impressed by her and what she has done with Keeneland and not only how she manages, how, uh, you know, her, her staff, but also as who she is as a human being, um, at the end of the day. And, that she just she came in she's listened to horsemen she's listened to owners she's listened to buyers and consigners and she has made changes and i think everybody is so excited about the future as well with her i mean i can't i have a laundry list like for personal reasons but also professional reasons um why shannon is you know the best at what she does i we would have to extend this podcast probably but you know and i will say from a personal standpoint Um, I'm a new mom and, you know, there have been stresses that have come along with that and managing, you know, the, the sale and the sale, the, the race meet. And she checks in with me, you know, very frequently and just make sure that everybody's doing okay. That's just the type of person she is. She, she's tough. Like she, you have to get your work done. (laughs) There's no doubt about it, but she's also very understanding as well. I couldn't agree with you more. I got one I got one more quick question for you. There's so many ways to acquire a horse. Um uh, we talk about private purchases, we talk about the 2-year-old sales, we talk about yearlings. What what's the advantage to buying a yearling? That is a that's a wonderful question. 
Thank you. I, yeah, I'm Not just a question. good question, a wonderful question. <laughs> Don't That's tell Billy question. too many nice things about himself. We Please. have to keep him like humble here, Please. Gabby. Like I might need to go, I might need to steal that question um, and and go out and ask that question um, to try to steal some answers too. Because I think it really, you get to, I think for me, okay, I don't want to speak on behalf yeah, of no, other speak people. For, this is for you. This is, this is for you. for me, it's exciting. And you almost kind of feel like you're um, getting in very early. It's one thing to find a proven horse and you have to, and that market can be saturated too if you buy privately. Um, or if you, you know, buy a, a two-year-old and a two-year-old sale, um, for me, it's an opportunity to kind of like get in early, especially with these so- sometimes non-proven stallions, right? Uh, that's my favorite sure. part about coming to the sale and kind of looking at these yearlings is, okay, well, where can I kind of try to find this value? And then also pedigree doesn't necessarily mean you know, that you like the physical and vice versa. Sometimes you like the physical, you don't like the pedigree. Sometimes you like the pedigree and sometimes you don't like the physical. Yeah. Um, but I just think for me, it's just so cool to get in with a yearling and then watch this horse develop right. until right. Maybe they start as a two-year-old or a three-year-old. And so you don't get that with, you know, claiming a horse or buying a, an already proven horse. You're kind of getting in early and hoping that you can um, you know, find a superstar. I think that's, I think that's a great answer. I think it's right on the money. And you, you, I think people have to remember that these horses that we're seeing and buying and paying millions of dollars for, they've never even had a saddle on their back. They have no idea Mm -hmm. what reins are or what the jockey does, or they've never had anyone on their back. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, and, and I, I totally going back to Shannon Arvin, I think you are completely right. What I love is when you go to Keeneland and Shannon is everywhere. You see her in this room, you see her in the paddock, you see her over here, you see, and she's always shaking hands and she's always just so friendly. It's just an amazing, uh, she's, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with, and I'm impressed with all, with you, Gabby Gaudette and all the work that you Thank do for you. our Wait, industry. I've got, I've oh, got one more question. You have one more? Okay. One more, Michelle. 1.5. One is I get out there on Sunday. Where are you taking me for drinks? On Sunday. Yes. I'm, Sunday, what about Sunday. me? What is today? Today is Tuesday. <laughs> okay. I am taking you for drinks at, ooh, mm, I'm going to take you for dinner. Oh. Can I take you for dinner? Oh, then, it at, be, then it has to be Monday or Tuesday because I don't get in time for dinner. Okay, so dinner. We'll do dinner at Deauville. I like okay. that place. Ooh, oh, I that love That place Deauville. is amazing. Okay, and then my, my real question is so many first-year stallions this year who have you been impressed by or who do you expect big things from throughout the sale? This is not a plug for anyone. I'll go out <laughs> record by saying this, but Omaha Beach. I was oh just, I knew God. you were going to say yeah. that. I saw one today that was awesome. Awesome. So I um, was really fortunate to get to know Fred and Nancy Mitchell with Clarkland Farm. They owned... Um, Leslie's Lady, who obviously the broodmare of Beholder, Mendelssohn, on and on and on into mischief. And um, so he was telling me a, a crazy story the other day back at the barn that his wife, Nancy, she passed away last November. And the last mare that she picked out at the sale was a mare named Maybelline. And she said, I'm not leaving without Maybelline. So they bought Maybelline. And that 
they bred Maybelline, took a couple different stallions. I, I can't remember how many years. Maybe this is her fourth foal. Um, but bred her to Omaha Beach, took a chance, and I went back and saw him. Gorgeous. The most stunning yearling on the grounds. I mean, I, I can't even. He was stunning. Um, and they just sold him for nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that's yeah. It was just like it gave me goosebumps, and he was really emotional about it. So those are just the stories that you find, and it just makes it makes following this game and and being in this game so rewarding. You know, and and I think those stories should be told. I think that's and hopefully you guys are out there. I mean, I thought I saw Scott out there. I saw you out there today, and hopefully you're you're able to tell some of those stories because people need to see that. Because not only do we want to bring owners in the game, but those owners become breeders and they become pin hookers and they become you know they they do everything in this game. So I think it's really important that that you get that message out and that you take, oh yeah and, and that so I get invited to dinner. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll invite you. Do we have to bring I, I Norm? Do we have to bring Norm? Uh, no, yeah, Norm doesn't I'm really not. like me. Oh, it's okay, just girls. We. Yes, he does. <laughs> no, that he actually I heard he, he doesn't like Michelle either. That's absolutely true. What I was true. gonna say is Norm has to watch Crew. Yes. All right, oh, I'll watch Crew. He... Okay, we'll just bring him. Yeah, bring Crew. Fine. Crew's we'll the man. All right, out. Gabby, we've taken up more time than we had planned, but we really appreciate you coming on. I know Keeneland will appreciate it too. Continued success with everything you're doing, and thanks for uh, spreading the word. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Michelle. Anytime. And Gabby, make sure Scott knows that we could have talked to him too, but we preferred you. Okay. No, I will definitely <laughs> let him know, and I'll mention it multiple times. <laughs> All right. Gabby got dead here guys. on the owner's box. We'll be right back. Also, a special thanks go out to Adelphi Racing Club. It's a partnership in every sense of the word, not just a syndicate. And members are treated like partners, not investors. If you're interested in joining a group of like-minded individuals that have a truly interactive ownership experience, Adelphi might be the right fit for you. They are recently active at the Phasic Tipton Saratoga Yearling Sale for New York Breads and have three exciting prospects currently available. An Arrogate Colt out of the family of Audible and Governor Malibu heading to Christophe Clement. A beautiful tonalist Philly out of Stakes Place Dam, also heading to Clement, and a hard-spun Colt who just wowed Adelphi with his powerful walk heading to trainer Ray Handel. Join the club, head over to Adelphi Racing, that's A-D-E-L-P-H-I Racing.com or email Matt, Matt at A-D-E-L-P-H-I Racing.com Alright, uh, Michelle, uh, Gabby was amazing. I don't know what yeah. to say. I mean, she. Yes, yes, Gabby she's, is she's, amazing. She's very good at what she does. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, and it, it's so funny because I think our show, to give credit to you, uh, brings out people and they can just be themselves. And I liked her stories, and that's amazing that she got her orbital bone fractured by the Preakness starter. Like, who knew that? Yeah. Um, I actually didn't. And I, I feel like I talked to Gabby a lot and like knew a lot and I don't remember that. Right. Ever that's like a great story. A story. And right? who yeah. knew that you, um, helped her with split ends. Those, <laughs> are, what, those are the things that we just like, come instance, up with. But I didn't remember like verbatim, but that's really funny. Well, I'm excited to see you for dinner, uh, hopefully on Sunday night when I get invited. Yay. Um, when you'll be at Keeneland when? I come in Sunday. Okay. You come in Sunday and, um, you will be doing shopping with your husband and looking around and no children? No children. Wow. Woo! Oh, this is like a vacation for you. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, I'm not uh, going to make it to the sales. I might just end up at the bar and just sit there. I think it's a great idea. 
Well, we uh, special thanks to everybody who makes the show possible in the Money Media Network and Gainsway and TaylorMade and BetMakers and GBRI and who am I missing? Adelphi. Who am I missing? Keeneland. Ke- well, Breeders of course, Cup. Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup, which is coming up. Woo! Are you excited? Yes. Are you coming excited. here for Breeders' Cup? Yes. Are you doing, are you working? Are you doing like a whole, are you doing the international feed? What are you doing? Should be. Should be, yes. Should be. Did you get a raise? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Well, we really appreciate, uh, again, Gabby Gaudet coming on uh, to tell us all about the Keeneland sale that is currently happening here in Lexington, Kentucky. If you haven't, if you're an owner out there, you want to find out more, everything is on the Keeneland website. Um, show up enjoy it come like we said i think one of the most important things is there's something for everybody here so it doesn't matter what your budget is you just have to be patient and something so a horse will will fall into your uh price zone at some point and uh like we said champions come from anywhere so be patient enjoy it uh it's a special special place and uh can't speak highly more highly about uh the keeneland sales which is happening right now yes can't wait to get there all right hurry up That's it. See ya. Bye.